Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Morgan Studios. Need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family. Rocky can. So glad to have you. It's Thursday, which means we get football on our televisions tonight. Seahawks 49ers. Uh, big game for playoff implications for the Seahawks that's for sure and we all get a third installment of the Brock Purdy show so that's going to be fun can't wait for that we've also been talking about the weather in Buffalo and how much of an impact it's going to have on the game I think it's being overestimated that it's going to help the Bills so much and it's going to hurt the Dolphins I think it's going to affect both teams Pearl often the Bills aren't a great cold weather team to be quite honest so uh, I think that this is a winnable game for the Dolphins yeah, I think to all my friends who are from warm weather places, including our upcoming guests, and how much they complain when there's it gets below 60, <laughs> they <laughs> yes. need a sweater. You know, you walk around L.A. and it's 71 degrees and people are putting on full Patagonia gear. Well, they're just wearing leather coats because that's for the look. Yeah, I don't know if it's for the look, but I think people get thin skin, and I'm assuming the Miami Dolphins are that. Well, let's get to our next guest. We have a lot of ground to cover with him. It's Jim Nagy, friend of the show. He's the executive director of the Senior Bowl Jim, are you in Mobile, Alabama, or somewhere warm right now? <laughs> I, I am. It's been in, like, the low 80s recently. We've been setting some record highs in, like, the mid to low 80s. So, yes, um, it's been warm. It's dipped. We, we had tornadoes roll through last night, and it's dipped a little bit. But, yes, I have a vest on, Andrew. So, so I am, uh, <laughs> Of course you do. We, 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 we broke the vest out today. Wow. Um, I mean, Jim, you spent a long time in the NFL as a scout. What, what was the thoughts – uh, in the building, behind the scenes, about these cold weather games? How much did the coaches talk about it? How much was it a factor? Yeah, you know, when I worked in places like Green Bay and Seattle and Kansas City and New England, <laughs> I never worked for a warm weather team, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, we always, you know, the teams I worked for, we liked it because we felt like we did have an advantage because we practiced in it and you lived in it. And you didn't just practice. I mean, you're you rode around, you dropped your kids off at school. I mean, you had to live in that kind of weather. So I do think they have a little bit of an advantage. But, um, you know, to me, weather is always an equalizer. So if it's if you're looking at two a little unbalanced rosters, if one, team, if one roster looks clearly better than the other, um, sometimes it can even that out. Talking to Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Senior Bowl. Jim, tell people where you are in the Senior Bowl invite process and also who is eligible for the Senior Bowl. It's not just seniors, correct? Correct. Correct. No, that's uh, a misconception. It was uh, the league. The league put a rule out. I it's probably close to ten years ago now that if juniors graduate um, before the senior bowl, so in December, 
um, they are eligible. And we've, we've taken full advantage of that rule the last couple of years. That's been a huge point of emphasis for us is identifying which guys those are because right now I'm trying to build the roster out and I can't invite these juniors until they actually graduate, until they actually declare. Um, so you can't, you can't invite 120, 125 seniors and then be left with, uh, you know, and have 15 juniors come out that can play in that of a roster spot for them. So that's a little bit of the roster management part we're going through right now. Um, you know, we, we're getting close. I think we're at 118 on the final roster right now. We're trying to get into that mid-120s range, really, at every position. We feel good at every position. Um, you know, even at quarterback, we, we've got a big announcement coming up. Hopefully the next day or so, the, the quarterback wants to do, uh, like, an announcement with his school. And I understand that. He's, he's a big-name guy, and he wants to go out the right way with his university. Um, you know, and then, and then we've probably got one more quarterback spot, and we, we'll be close to done. Does his name rhyme with Schmeich Young? Or is it <laughs> or with Bill Bevis? Um, wait, actually, Jim, I'm forgetting. You know, obviously you don't want to say the name, but Bryce Young's a junior, but I read that he graduated, so he probably would be eligible if he declares for the NFL draft? Yes, he, he would be, and I've, I've started that process. I've, at least, I've had the conversation with his dad, Craig, uh, who, Andrew, you and I were around a couple summers ago in yeah. Santa Monica at that, at that quarterback retreat. Um, so, so we've spoken about it and why I think the game makes sense for Craig, or for, for Bryce. I think, I'm sure there's some people out there who would say, why would, he, why would he do that? Why would he play in an all-star game? Um, well, there's no injury risk. We're not hitting the quarterback, that's for sure, um, especially in practice. And then, uh, you know, I think for him, you know, a lot of the, lot of the downside of, of the lack of size at quarterback, I think most people associate lack of size with lack of arm strength. And that's, that's definitely not the case with Bryce. I mean, nobody's a bigger uh, Mac Jones fan than I am. We had Mac in the game a couple of years ago. But when Bryce was a freshman, you know, backing up Mac, and he would get in games in garbage time late against, you know, the Vandys of the world, I mean, you could see an uptick in arm strength um, and, and, and ball velocity. So that, that, that was my point to, to Bryce's dad is, hey, let him show that arm off to maybe some decision makers that didn't get a chance to get to Tuscaloosa a lot of these GMs are, are so busy in the fall, they don't get to a lot of college games. And then, and then the other point being, he raised, you and I, like I said, you and I were around him, Andrew. Um, they oh. raised a great young man. Oh, yeah. He's smart. He's, he's smart off the charts. So, to me, anytime a player is going to interview that well with teams, to me, it, it behooves that player to just be around these guys as much as possible. Um, put yourself out there. And, and, again, in a year where a guy like C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, I mean, that's probably going to be Bryce's competition up there at the top of the draft. You know, CJ can't come here. CJ didn't graduate, and, and we'll see what's going to go on with, with Will Levis. Um, but that's the pitch. We'll see if it works. But, um, but, yeah, Bryce is the guy that could play in the game. Jim, if you are a general manager of an NFL team and you need a quarterback and it's Bryce, it's CJ Stroud, Will Levis, who would you draft? Oh, you're putting me on the spot. Um, the good thing is I don't I, – if, <laughs> if I was making a GM salary, I might tell you. But uh, they're, not, <laughs> they're not paying me enough. They're, they're, the thing is, the good thing is for these GMs, um, it is it is pretty clear defined lines between strengths and weaknesses for all the, for all three of those guys. Um, they're, they're none of, none of the three are similar. Um, you know, they're different people. They have different skill sets on the field. It's it's just going to come down to what that team values the position. Um, so again, I'm I'm dodging your question because yeah. I'm trying to get I'm trying to get a couple of these guys in the senior bowl, um, but but they are going to. Well, maybe go. how I about this all... way, Jim? Maybe like just quickly, but with those top three guys, 
biggest positive and biggest hurdle or biggest, you know, thing they have to work on with, between like biggest positive, biggest negative. I don't want to sound negative, but you know, the biggest strength and weakness for those three. Sure. Um, they all throw it well. So that's, that, I mean, they all have, you know, good or better arm strength. So that's one. They, are, they all have clear, clear defined positives when it comes to as throwers. Um, I think Will Levis, a lot of people have, have used the, the Josh Allen comparison. Um, again, I don't, I don't like getting into the comparison game too much, but he does have all the tools. I mean, he's a big strapped up, good looking guy. He can really throw it. He's mobile. Um, he's extremely tough. He played through a lot of injuries that some people don't know about this year, um, which is what he's dealing with right now. Um, just, just talking, just talking to him. Um, so that's, that, that's, that's Will's stuff. I mean, he's got his best football. I think is ahead of him. I think with Bryce, it's just how he's wired. Um, one of our scouts said that he's got the right nervous system. And I, I think that's well put. Um, he just, he's, he's very calm. He's just a cool character. Um, he's very accurate. He's extremely smart. And then the obvious knock with Bryce's size, there's nothing he can do about that. Um, and it's not an arm strength thing. It's, it's more of a durability question. And, and again, in a league that's more violent um, and the collisions are heavier, um, uh, there's just going to be a roll of the dice for whatever team takes him. I mean, that's just, it is what it is. There's no getting around that. Um, and then with Stroud, I haven't studied him as much because he's not eligible, um, but just watching him throw it live a couple a couple summers ago at that camp, um, I immediately jumped on Twitter like I do sometimes these days and, um, yeah. It was when it was when uh, Justin Fields was leaving, and it was uh, it was the high school quarterback. They, they, it was Quinn Ewers and C.J. Stroud were both at this camp, and I said either way, whichever direction Ohio State goes, um, they're in good hands after Justin Fields because C.J. can C.J. can really throw it. I think you know the questions are going to be um, some of the just some of the system stuff. There's not a lot of quote unquote NFL mm. throws on that tape because he's throwing to to guys throwing to an NFL receiver room one. A um, lot of big windows, very small, you know, very few tight window throws um, and very few under duress throws. So, um, again, I think, you know, just in a nutshell, that's kind of those three guys. And, and that's what all the teams are going to spend the next four months trying to figure out, which, which guy's the right one for them. But they're all they're all very different. Jim, I have a scouting question. Uh, another fellow former scout, Greg Gabriel, who's in the media now, got in a little Twitter beef today saying that he's hearing that a lot of teams have Will Levis as a number one quarterback. And he argued that if Will Levis was throwing to the guys that Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud was with, he would have huge numbers too. But I look at Will Levis's numbers, 19 touchdowns, 10 picks, compared to 40 touchdowns, 5 picks. When you're a scout, can you, do you look at the individual situation, the school? How hard is it to separate the situation from the talent? Um, yeah, you have to look at, you have to look at everything. Supporting cast matters. There's no, there's no doubt about that system matters. I think that that's why Justin Herbert, in my opinion, was probably the most misevaluated, not just quarterback, but maybe player in the last 10 or 15 years. You know, you didn't look what, I mean, Justin had, he had Penny Sewell, um, who's a, who's a darn good, you know, right tackle in the league, maybe the best right tackle. And in the receiver, NFL, as we found I, out. He, yeah. And receiver. He, he's a good guy out in the flat. <laughs> yeah. Convert secure, first downs. Yep security blanket but outside of outside of that justin wasn't playing with nfl people you know and then and then you flip it where you know we brought up mac jones earlier mac was playing with four first round receivers and um you know same thing with Tua. we went over that with two and two when Tua came out look at all these guys he's throwing to so um you, those all those are factors andrew and you you just have to what it what it boils down to at quarterback and this is this is what's made scouting easier i'll say this um rather than back in the day when i started 25 years ago you had to just spend hours and hours, you know, countless time on the tape. 
you know, fast forwarding and rewinding and trying to find throws. With this digitized tape, you can really filter throws. You can filter under duress plays. You can filter tight window plays. And really, you can boil down a quarterback. If you really want to know what's going to play at the NFL, I mean, you could throw out 80 to 85% of the throws in a game and really watch about seven or eight throws a week. And that's going to tell you how he's going to handle an NFL, like a muddy pocket and and uh, really tight coverage that you don't see a lot at the at the, at the college level. So um, it, it has made scouting quarterbacks a little easier, or at least less less time consuming, I should say. <laughs> um, just just being able to filter through all those through all those categories. Do you remember in two thousand, I believe seventeen, where Maggie's guy Josh Allen was? It was it had to be a similar situation to Justin Herbert because I remember everyone pointed to his college stats and said, I don't know, is this guy really a top 10 quarterback? Yeah, no, I, I remember Josh coming out. I was in Seattle, and, and uh, we liked it. We, we had Russell Wilson at the time, so nobody thought we were in the quarterback mix. But um, the two quarterbacks that we that, that we kind of went down the road with in Seattle were Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. So, um, yeah, we spent a lot of time on Josh, and, and he was down here at the Senior Bowl. And, and uh, I think the big the big knock on Josh was accuracy, but – uh, he was one of those guys. If you look at Josh's junior year, he had a couple NFL guys. He had a he had a he had a running back at Wyoming that was drafted late. He had a tight end that has played in the league now for four or five years. His senior year, he didn't have that at all. He didn't have a go-to guy. He didn't have a run game. So it was really. I mean, his his junior tape was actually better than, than his senior tape. But again, I think a really good example of you if you don't factor in supporting cast, um, I think you're doing the player wrong. Jim, last one for me, and we're talking with Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Senior Bowl, which is fast approaching. They're going to have a big announcement in a couple days, uh, getting the rosters together. It's an exciting time of year. Um, Obviously got a big game tonight between the 49ers and the Seahawks. You were uh, a scout for the Seahawks. You worked for them for a long time. Just can you give us an idea of what the conversations might be now with the Seahawks about the future of Geno Smith? I mean, it's it's been a pretty amazing year for him. Do you think they're seriously entertaining, like making him a twenty-five to thirty million dollar quarterback and just rolling with Geno? Uh, yeah, I think they have to. I think he's made it hard on him, that's for sure. Because now they're in a position they've they've never drafted, you know, they've never drafted way up high, um, and they haven't had a, a clear quarterback need in a in a long time since whatever two thousand and. 11 or 12 when they got Russ. So it's, it's been a long time, but Geno's put them in a, in a, it's a good spot to be in. They've won a lot of games with Geno. So they've got a pick right now that could be a top five pick and they could get one of these quarterbacks. Um, but Geno's played winning football. And I guess the question is, can we continue to build around Geno and get to where we need to get to, or do we need to go out and get a young guy? And, they, and that is what they are going to spend um, the bulk of this offseason trying to figure out. And I'm sure there, I'm sure there's already conversations like that happening. Last one for me, Jim. Uh, there was a report today from Todd McShay, your former partner, that Jalen Carter, there's rumors about character issues. And a lot of people were upset about McShay putting that out there. Do you think the media and the draft media should talk about stuff like that, character issues? Because it kind of, there's a fear that it puts a label on a guy like Jalen Carter out of Georgia who could be a top three pick. Now he's got this to deal with. And I saw a lot of blowback for Todd today. What, what's your take on what the media's role on reporting that for draft prospects is? Yeah, Todd got, <laughs> Todd got beat up pretty good. Um, in this particular instance, I, I think Todd was maybe a little bit strong, but I've seen a lot of things where people have said Todd's making it up or 
you know, a GM that's drafting, you know, later in the top 10 or in the middle of the first round is he's lying for them. So, so Carter slips like that's just preposterous. Um, like that's, <laughs> okay. just, that's, that's, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard that Todd McShay would be a mouthpiece for, for a GM to make a guy slide in the draft. I mean, Todd's not a, I mean, a bad person would have to do that. Like Todd's a good guy. He would never, you know, try to impact a guy's draft. So, and again, this stuff doesn't come out of, come out of thin air. Like this isn't, draft guys that talk to people in the league and Todd's well-connected, they don't make this stuff up. Um, and again, I don't know to what degree, again, I don't, I don't go into schools anymore like that. I think where, from my perspective as a former scout, where it gets slippery is now you're Jalen Carter and this is out there. Now you're wondering, well, where did this come from? Right? Like mm-hmm. where did, so you, we always, we always try to be really guarded, you know, with the teams I work for is like, let's not get this information out because we don't want to burn the school either. Because right now, they, I'm, I'm sure this hasn't been a fun day in the Georgia football facility. That uh, I'm sure, I'm sure Carter has some questions he's asking around the building, like, "What are y'all saying about me?" Um, and when you're, you, as you guys know, coaches try to minimize distractions. This has probably been a massive distraction in Athens, Georgia, today as they're getting ready for a college football playoff. So um, the whole thing's kind of unfortunate. I think I think Todd got beat up pretty good, um, and I get why some people are upset, but. He certainly didn't make anything up, and I don't think he was trying to be malicious with Carter. But um, yeah, just kind of, kind of a, kind of an unfortunate situation all the way around. Jim can't tell you how much we appreciate this. Yeah. Love Jim, talking we, to you, especially this time of year. But yeah, anytime we saw the roster, you're gonna have a killer Senior Bowl this yeah, year. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Jim, it's <laughs> it's looking good, right? Yeah, yeah. No, this. Hopefully, we get this last quarterback, and uh, it might be the best one we've had in the five years I've been here. I'm I'm excited. We've got 118 guys and. Uh, going to be another great year. I appreciate you saying that. Hey, wait, what's the name of the school that you made up in West Virginia where you have the quarterback from? <laughs> Shepard. Shepard. <laughs> right. You are the only person. <laughs> and is it, what's the quarterback's name? Is he, is he somebody to watch? Yeah, Tyson Badgett. He could be. Uh, he could be this year's Bailey Zappi. There you, you know, go. I, yes. I, I, I posted something on social media about Tyson this summer, and within an hour, I had three or four buddies in the NFL text me like, "Hey, that this guy, this guy could be this year's Zappy." So that's kind of what I've labeled him. I've told Tyson that I'm going to call him that. <laughs> um, but yeah, he just took. They just they just finished up. They just got bounced out of the D2 um, national semis last weekend. So he's done playing. He had an unbelievable career, most touchdown passes of any quarterback in college football history. So um, excited to get Tyson the mobile. Awesome. Exciting, Jim. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Happy holidays. Oh, same to you. You too. Man. How would you like that label? You're this year's Bailey, Bailey Zappi. I think that's a great label. <laughs> I was just thinking, you know, we have a couple of seasons where we could say this, but kind of shaping up really to be the year of the backup. How so? Well, because right now we got Brock Purdy, who's going to be playing tonight. Let's yeah, be honest. You're the third stringer, actually. Yeah. Gino was a backup. I mean, I know Gino was a second round pick and was a starter for the Jets, but like we've known Gino as a career backup. Um, well, I think I Tyler Huntley is going to be playing again this week. We did see Bailey Zappi at one point. Andy is starting. Andy Dalton, your friend, is starting in New Orleans. Well, yeah, but that's a that's not. He's a, a backup year. now in his. Career. Yeah, no, I'm saying that's not a year. That's nothing that anybody in New Orleans wants to remember <laughs> well, this I'm year. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think Brock Purdy is the torchbearer. I think we could see a a backup in the Super Bowl. That would be. I mean, that would be that Kurt. That would be Warner. such a thrill for people who love backup quarterbacks like you. Well, I think it'd be Kurt Warner esque if if Brock Purdy that. Probably the most unlikely Super Bowl quarterback of all time. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't bagging groceries like Kurt Warner was. But 
Right, but it, you know, yeah, that's true. Kurt Warner does have a better story. <laughs> Nick Foles a little unlikely. Yeah, Nick Foles. That's... But Nick Foles had some success. Honestly, Mr. Ar- you're right. Kurt Warner is really good. But Brock Purdy. It'd if be I second. You, if I told you in July, Brock Purdy is going to be possibly in the Super Bowl, Maggie, you would have looked at me like a three heads. I'd be like, yeah, with State guy? <laughs> yeah. Did he get drafted? Oh, nice. Um, yeah, he was the last pick. <laughs> He'd be the second best. I think Foles is third, but Foles also was a starter for so long. Anyway, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Got some injury news that you're going to have to hear. We'll get to that in just a moment. Time for a quick break. We're back in a sec on CBS Sports Radio, CBS Sports Network, Sirius XM Channel 158, and the free Odyssey app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This season, for the first time, you can hear every Western One NFL broadcast stream live for free Mondays, Thursdays, Sunday nights, holiday, triple headers, and every postseason game. Catch all the action on the Odyssey app at westwoodonesports.com. Via Westwood One station streams or by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports. It's all sponsored by AutoZone. The free AutoZone fix finder service can help troubleshoot the likely cause of your check engine light for free and get you back on the road. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Very interesting. We're talking to Senior Bowl Director Jim Nagy. Now, Jim came up in the business. He worked with Todd McShay for a scouting service in the mm-hmm. early 2000s. Great stories. Todd had to sleep on the couch for a long time. That's how they broke in. So Jim veered off and went to work for a team. Todd veered off and went into the media. Mm-hmm. And now he is, you know, number one or number two at ESPN yeah, and Draft I mean, Analysis. Yep. He I reported agree. today, I think it was on TV, that there are quote-unquote character issues with Georgia defensive tackle Jalen Carter, who's yeah. supposed to be a top three pick. Now, he was not specific. Right. So this caused a lot of people to say, why are you doing that? Why, why put that on a young man unless you have specifics? So I, I understand the criticism of Todd. Yeah, so do I. I mean, when you're going to do make this kind of characterization, you really can't just say character issues and then leave it out there like hanging. You know, it's, you know, the nature of what they are. Right. Like, you know, I'm just going to I have no do not know anything about Jalen Carter. I'm just going to use this as an example. But like getting into a fight at a bar is different than cheating on a test or whatever it might be. Right. That would be count as a character issue. First, we don't even know if this is, you know, it opens yourself up if you're McShay to a ton of criticism because you haven't you haven't even scratched the surface on the nature of this or why or how it got to you in the first place. There's a little more detail. He said, with Carter, there are some character issues. Does he get along with everybody? What's he like to deal with in the locker room? Those sorts of issues. I know it's early in the process, but I'm forewarning everyone out there. Carter is going to be a hot button name when we talk about some of the intangible aspects. Okay, so he characterizes getting along with people in the locker room. Yes. He said, I think Pete Carroll, number two, has a long history of taking guys with questionable character and then developing them and having them work out would make a lot of sense. So you're right. So character is such a broad yeah, it's aspect. so broad. Like wow. we've used character issues to describe a lot of things. Like, yeah. you know. Yeah, it could be the kind of character issues you really don't want. But And, you know, who's the most important 
person when a scout goes on a campus. Everyone says the same thing. The weight and strength coach is the number yeah. one guy they want to talk to. <laughs> yeah, right. How hard does he work in the weight room? That's yeah. character in a way, too. I guess, yeah. Like, how hard does he work? It's does like, a, how do you treat your colleagues, yes. I guess? Um, but again, like, now this is sort of, uh, you know, there for Jalen Carter when they're trying to get ready to face Ohio State. You know, yeah. in this massive bowl game in the college football playoff. Well, the funny thing about Jalen Carter, say he doesn't get along with teammates. I want my nasty defensive lineman not to get along with anyone. The say, dude, he lifted up a quarterback like a little baby. I don't care <laughs> if he's he can say like who's not going to get along with Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter says something in the locker room. Yeah, like that is not an issue. Like whatever you say, Jalen. It's kind of like who gave you the support, Jaden Daniels? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> said that the guy who yeah. came out with this. Um, yeah, when you're uh, 320 pounds and run a four six forty and just could kill anybody. Well, I, think, I don't think you have any locker room problems. Well, and I do feel bad for the guy if this is on founded or if he feels yeah. like it's an uh, unnecessary character Total, assassination absolutely. but there it is kind of funny that just like McShay is saying that he's got these character issues he also has them slated going second overall yeah. <laughs> so obviously he doesn't think that these are character issues that are going to drop his draft status or hurt his draft stock right I think and not I actually did not see it live so I don't know all the context I think he should have found a better way to describe character issues because yeah. you're right I think when we hear character issues at least when I do oh I think he's in trouble you know, right. for something you shouldn't have been doing, not how to get along in the locker room. Yeah, we use that as a term that kind of like whitewashes a little bit a lot of things. Well, I do think also, issues. I do think that the media and fans, there is a gigantic pool of information that we don't have access to Definitely. about what these people. There's a lot of facts that go through the team. So we sit there and we analyze the draft. We don't know everything. No, I mean, we don't, we don't have all the information talking about week 15 in the NFL. Like, we yeah. have injury reports, but we don't have all the info. We don't know what's going on in these guys' personal lives for most of the most for the most part. We don't know if, if someone's got a, yeah. the flu. I mean, it, we barely know anything. Right. Like, Philadelphia fans, Carson Wentz looked like a Pro Bowl quarterback to me, but then little things started to leak out. So, again, you don't know these people at all. I mean... And even in guys can be considered great guys. Walter Payton, man of the year yep. candidates who actually turn out to not be that guy at all. It's really hard to tell. I mean, listen, unlike the media where everybody is Mother Teresa, we're all good. Oh, well, I mean, yeah. You don't really <laughs> know. You don't really know anybody, do you, in this world? <laughs> I think that's the point. Yeah. I mean, I hope that you would like, don't you think it's funny? Like, of course you think you'd know your spouse, but then like watch an episode of Dateline. You don't, you know? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Watch White Lotus. You might not know Maggie, who your I've spouse met, is. I've met your spouse. No, he, He's not I've, showing up on Dateline. And my spouse is an idol. The best person ever, and so did you, obviously. We just have excellent taste in people. But um, don't you find that? It's like everyone always says, like, they were the perfect no, couple. No, 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 no. That's like, just the way Dateline presents it. There's always, <laughs> there's all, it's the, the train cart starts coming off the track way earlier. Dateline pre just presents it in a dramatic way. <laughs> everyone, everyone around him knew that, uh, that Gene was a psycho. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was just really funny. My husband and I had this moment the other day. It was like, I got, you need to sign something on the insurance. And I just like looked at him oh. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. This is how every Dateline starts where I, and it was like, <laughs> During a football game, I'm like, I'm watching the game. And he's like, I need you to sign something. I'm like, wait a minute. This is how every movie starts, oh. every dateline. I watched a dateline the other day so where what am I signing? A woman actually killed the husband and she took him out <laughs> she took him out on a boat 
and she came back alone on the boat and said she didn't do it <laughs> <laughs> on a lake. And Dateline made it dramatic. That's the thing. Dateline made it so, wait, I don't know. Was it her? But I'm like, she left at 8 in the morning <laughs> and came back at 11, and he wasn't there. <laughs> Who else do you think did it? It's funny. She had a bag with her, but all it had in it was rope, duct tape, and a gun, and that's it. <laughs> so what could she have possibly done? She actually poisoned him. Yeah, I was going to say, she probably. She poisoned him by putting something in his Pepto-Bismol. <laughs> As if, no. as if life isn't tough enough. You basically have, you know, or, probably terrible diarrhea. No, <laughs> and then they, you take some Pepto-Bismol thinking it's going to get better. And I might boom. be telling this story wrong. It might have been Gatorade. There was definitely some weird drink. Something <laughs> totally she forced, She put poison in a bottle of something and made him drink it, uh, though something that seemed harmless, and threw him overboard and came back and pretended nothing had happened. <laughs> like, hey, Bill. Hey, yeah. Mike. Just come b- pulling the boat back into the yeah. Hey, Bill, to, hey, to the deck. Hey, uh, where's Gene? Dock, I, mean. I I don't know. Gene, who? Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Like yeah. I think he went for a run. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> he went out for a pack of smokes. Dateline's the best. I know Dateline <laughs> has been copied so much by Netflix and all the other people yeah. who do that now more serious documentaries. But get me Keith Morrison, and I'm happy. Friday night, just playing myself on the couch. It's always Friday night. An hour and a half later. You never mean to watch it. And no. then the episodes are so long. All of a sudden, it's 11.30 at night, and you're still not sure if the husband actually murdered the wife. And they yeah. always are the ones who murder the wife. Oh, and it's yeah. always with the insurance. It's always a scam. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, they were hiking, and he d- decided to take <laughs> her to the most obscure part of the Grand yeah. Tetons. Yeah, the and she happened to fall, and he happened to have signed her insurance papers a week before. Yeah, I know. And <laughs> he was having weird? an affair. This is so bizarre. It's never happened. Yeah, you should not have signed those insurance papers. Maggie, if you don't show up on Monday, <laughs> we know what happened. Call Keith. <laughs> Keith, Maggie's not here. She signed the insurance papers. I'll be right there. That's my Keith Morrison. Yeah, I know. It's almost as bad as your crocodile, Dundee. Why was a suitcase so big? We'll find out. (laughs) No, his is always, was it murder? (laughs) And his voice goes up like five octaves. (laughs) (laughs) Always, was it murder? We should, oh gosh, we should pull this. I hate to do it from the Dan Patrick show. Bill Hader impersonating Keith Morrison. Oh, I've heard that. It's it's the hardest I've ever laughed. Apparently Bill Hader the former SNL comedian. He used comedian. to do it as an yeah. SNL, but yeah. Yeah, he's obsessed with Keith Morrison. It's all he watches. It's brilliant. Keith Morrison, by the way, if I could do any, he's the easiest impersonation to do it. I can't even do that nope, one. No, you can't. That's the bottom line. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Uh, got some Steph Curry news for you. We're going to do that in just a moment. Don't move. More Maggie and Perloff straight ahead after this CBS Sports Update from Rich Ackerman. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. Only a couple hours till kickoff Thursday night football tonight. Perloff, you got the 49ers. You have the Seahawks. Let's talk about this game. Um, This is the time of year, and tell me if anyone else gets this too. If you are someone who makes picks or if you put a little something on the game, basically every team has burned you a little bit at this point of the season, so it's hard to believe in anyone. (laughs) Like, I want to take the Seahawks plus the three and a half, but I just took the Seahawks and laid the four against the Carolina Panthers last week and I got burned. I'm not going to let that um I'm not gonna let that stop me. I'm I gonna you take say, the points. I thought you were gonna say I'm not gonna let that happen again. <laughs> well, I mean I have very little to do with it, but uh I'm not going to let last week change my mind about this week. So I'm gonna take Seattle and I'm gonna take the three and a half uh home game. Seattle needs this. Um the crowd Brock Purdy still is a rookie and now he's a rookie who's banged up. Um, I mean, I don't really 
think too highly of the Seahawks defense, but I think Seattle's going to keep this close. I have no idea if the if the Seahawks are just done. I know. Like, do they have any fight left in them? They I feel should. that way about the Seahawks and the yeah. Giants and a couple other NFC teams. I think I'll go with you because I think the 49ers hype is a little out of control on Brock Purdy. Two games. And, and no people, Debo. And that part doesn't bother me as much, but people are treating Brock Purdy like he's... Remember Cooper Rush two games in? Yeah. This is how we were treated. <laughs> yeah. Everyone was treat, saying Dak who? Like, don't bring Dak Prescott back. Now, I don't know if it's enough time for people to figure out Brock Purdy, but there could be some regression to the mean here. Everyone's assuming... Like, the talk about Brock Purdy is crazy, right? People are talking about him like he's a pro bowler. Well, He's I think, played two games. No, people are talking about him like, oh, of course the 49ers are still a Super Bowl team, even though this yeah. guy's played, you know, yeah. a, like basically a game in two-thirds in the NFL. Right. They're like, thank God Brock Purdy can go tonight with his oblique. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, Josh Johnson's played four times as much NFL football behind him. Yeah. But uh, it, it, it always comes down to Nick Bosa and that defense and Fred Warner. That's Those true. Those guys are... That's why anyone can play quarterback there. Still, you're right. I, I like your theory about Seahawks having much more to play for. It seems like at this point of the year, talking about getting burned, motivation, as stupid as this is, because no. every NFL team is motivated. Desperate teams show up at home. I think there's. I, I think desperation yeah. is a real thing. Yeah. I Gosh, I still, I don't know. And I don't mean I that to be insulting to guys. I still think the Niners are such a better team. But I do think, did you see the stat that Pete Carroll's 10-2 and two on Thursday Night Football? I did not see that. Yeah, he oh, wow. loves him some Thursday night football. All right. So be careful if you jump on the Brock Purdy train. Um, over, under, set for this game. And, of course, this is all courtesy of DraftKings. Uh, 40. Selling a little or a lot. <laughs> Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all in one e commerce platform to their in person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other. Other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast three i'm always an unders person yeah yeah although may i say this if seattle if they are going to keep this close no, it's a, yeah, it's a San 49ers Francisco's defense. defense. <laughs> it's going to be a low-scoring game. Yeah, I'll go, I'll, go, I'll go with that. Yep. Uh, one prop that I keep looking at, and tell me if I'm crazy on this one, Geno Smith, 242.5 passing yards against the Niners. Yeah. That feels like a safe under. I, I mean, if we're going so. all under, but it, it's going to be so bad. If it turns out to be a high-scoring game and well, we're all under, we're going to be depressed all night long. <laughs> well, it's mean, already rainy and cold outside. I don't <laughs> want to bet an under and then watch it go. Like that stupid Broncos-Chiefs game last week, the, everyone had under on, and all of a sudden it's 
28-27. Honestly, I I had the under in that game and I lost it in the midway through the second quarter. Um, <laughs> I got an over for you. You want an over? A little sunshine and rainbows? Give How me some. Christian McCaffrey over 39 and a half receiving yards. Yeah, okay. That, that sounds fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all those little, uh, you know, quick passes out to the flat. That's McCaffrey. Yeah, I need points. Okay, that's fine. That Yeah, that's a good one. I like that a lot. Okay. Uh, <laughs> do you want a DK? Can I interest you in a DK Metcalf anytime touchdown? Nope. All right, well, it's because plus I, the, I've been watching the Niners kill everybody. This is going to be, this for the Seattle to win this, I think they're going to have to win a low score. They're going to yeah, have to shut down. Brock, they're going to have to shut down Brock Purdy. What about a Kenneth Walker anytime touchdown? It's plus money right now. Yeah, I'm not into it. First game back. Uh, you yeah. like Kenneth Walker? Which one do you give like more? I'll line. give you one. I'll give you DK or Kenneth. Can't have both. Well, Metcalf's plus 180. So if I'm doing these kind of props, I'd rather have the better odds because okay. I'm putting five bucks on it. Then I'd rather have a little bit more. You know. But yeah. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Well. This should be a fun game. I actually, you know what? I really think I deeply believe that the Niners are a much better team. Okay, so you want to flip? No, because divisional games, late in the season, motivation. Honestly, I think the Seahawks can win this game, and they have a tough schedule coming up. And I don't think it means much. I don't think that they they might make the playoffs, but I don't think they're going anywhere. I think it's as you said, a nice story. But, I, they, I don't get the sense they've packed it in. It was not a good game against the Carolina Panthers, but I didn't see, like, a team that quit. Yeah, so next week they go to KC. That's, uh, tough. that's tough. They have the Jets in Seattle. So even if they win this game, it's not really going to guarantee them anything. It's it's going to be a tough road. They really – yeah, and he, Maggie, I keep saying, they're going to be in limbo. So what if they make the playoffs? What, what does that mean? Well, it means a lot, I think, for the people in the, that building. This portion of the show is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings app and use the code MNP to get in on the action. So we're looking forward to that. Um, unfortunate news in the NBA. What? Steph Curry got hurt last night, hurt his shoulder, and now he's going to be out several weeks. Here is some sound from Steve Kerr. He's talking about what happened on the play that hurt Steph Curry. I didn't ask about that. I mean, I just tr- trust their judgment, and they said he's he's not going back in, and, and I haven't really, you know, I just checked in with him briefly, um, but haven't had a chance to go into detail uh, with him. Steph's always um, a guy with a... Uh, a great outlook on life. So he's um, he's in, in good spirits, and um, we'll, we'll hope for the best. Well, he's going to need that positive attitude. A little bit more from Steve Kerr on the Warriors' recent struggles, Perloff. Don't look now. They are 2-13 and 13 on the road. This has been a, a, a tough uh, start to the season. We're in a tough stretch. You, you know, maybe it's going to get tougher if Steph's out for a little while. Um I mean, if he's out, it'll for sure get tougher. But um, you just got to persevere. You just keep playing and you keep fighting. Good luck with all that. I, I kind of like uh, Steph getting two weeks off. I mean, it, if it's lo- it starts to get really long and they're out of the playoffs, but this is a great time to rest. Are you kidding me? If they could give Steph Curry a month off, what's wrong with that? If he comes back 100% and they make the playoffs. Okay, but I mean, the, it's not like the rest of the team around him has really been gangbusters. Well, the, maybe this will help them. You know, I feel like they always sit around and wait for Steph to do something. Oh, so yeah. something had to happen here. Obviously, an NBA player missing time in December, which is basically the preseason, <laughs> is not is not the worst thing that could happen. The question is, uh, they were just showing the B-roll, the shoulder injury. Yeah. 
that seems like that kind of thing kind of lasts. Well, I mean, we'll see. Who knows uh, if how Curry's going to come back and how long he can actually rest this while the Warriors keep this afloat. I mean, it's always tough to defend a title. You get a little bit of the hangover season, you know, and I think you've seen that a little bit. I don't know how else you would explain some of the, you know, difficulty they've had on the road. It's like they can't get up for these games and you're getting everyone else's best shot. Yeah, and I don't, right, no NBA teams do not really care about this point in the season, right? You'd think as long as you're safe to make the playoffs. Maybe I'm being. Well, I think guys, I I think individually guys do care because dudes that want to make all-star teams, this is the time now. Well, yeah, but the load management thing is, works against that. I think the teams really would rather rest their starters more often than they do. Well, sure. I mean, look at the Clippers. Do you think the Clippers ever want to play their guys? <laughs> no, they they rarely do anyway. <laughs> um, but it's interesting about the Warriors. Um, yeah, what what a what a crazy start to the season. I was wondering about this as soon as I saw the Curry news and that he was going to be out. I'm like, man, do they regret not trading for Durant? Eesh. Why? Durant's having a good year. I don't know kind of feels like <laughs> it just doesn't feel like there'd be a lot of energy around that team they had to rant well, um, uh, it feels what, like it'd be they'd the be positive old. energy like with Draymond getting ejected again last night or he got ejected he ejected a fan two nights ago then he got ejected last night Katie's what 34 so you're adding a 34 I guess you'd have like a one last run feel to it but they still be old still be old but right now you'd have someone to help carry the load for you um okay so we were talking about how <laughs> Life is not an episode of Dateline. How did we get into that conversation? Uh, we're talking about character issues. Oh, character issues, right. <laughs> which uh talking about how you never really, really know anyone. And right. where we learned that was Dateline on NBC from our friend Keith Morrison. Yes, and so Perloff was asking for, here's Bill Hader's impersonation yeah. of Keith Morrison from Dateline. Next on Dateline, a Keith Morrison special investigation. Real-life crimes and stories of real people in bad situations. Elroy Valentine was an ordinary man who went out one day to catch a bass. But instead, he caught a case of murder. (laughs) It's the mystery of the chopped-up guy. (laughs) That's every single episode. Elroy Valentine went out to catch a bass. Instead, he caught a case of murder. (laughs) <laughs> the, the mystery oh. of the chopped up guy man and you know what you know tomorrow night when you sit down oh. on your couch around 9 15 you catch a little dateline it's already in progress but like you haven't you still get the major plot points what was in the suitcase and why <laughs> was it so heavy <laughs> that's one of my favorite ones a husband <laughs> sneaks his wife the dead body of his wife through in a suitcase and they have it on camera where he's walking with his suitcase and like it's got like blood dripping from the side. And still Dateline had to make two hours. So they, yes. like we all know the husband did it, right? I know. The open and shut case, but it has to be two hours because yeah. you need to get those commercial breaks in. And right before the commercial break. And we find out his last two wives died the exact same way. <laughs> yes, I'm right. like, oh, okay. C- cops. Aren't you watching Dateline right now? This guy obviously did it. It's so funny. Case of murder. <laughs> it's like... Back in the day when a lot of these cases, like in the 80s and 70s and 80s, it's like if you committed a crime in Florida (laughs) and then in North Dakota, just like you could be two completely different people. Just you can commit crimes in two different states. Eh. Wait, his wife, uh, his first wife died also falling (laughs) off a cliff face in a national park, but it was in a different state 12 years ago. Hello. Why are these people so, these murderers are so uncreative too. That really bothers me. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I guess like the, the, 
the woman who poisons her husband. That's usually a go-to. Yeah. That's just right out of the playbook. And also, she poisoned him on a boat. Often a boat is involved. Yeah, so it, I know. That's just like establishing the run to set up the Yeah, pass, I think you know? owning a boat is so annoying that you want to kill somebody. <laughs> is what you, you actually sink the boat. Yeah, and yeah, You yeah. kill the husband just because you really want to get rid of the boat. Yeah. He just was an unfortunate right, like bystander. The, the best two days were the boat or the day you buy it or the day you sell it. Yeah, right. <laughs> and hopefully you didn't kill anyone in between. <laughs> uh, you know what? We don't want to ask a lot of questions. No, 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 no. <laughs> just want to sell that boat. Man, you guys didn't watch White Lotus? Ah. Nope. We could be. I could do such a smooth transition into that right now, but I can't. But I, think you, I don't think you can talk about White Lotus yet. The finale was on Sunday, guys. It's Thursday. I don't know. It's not uh, like Game of Thrones. I feel like uh, we could ask our buddy John weeks. Hines. A couple weeks. Six month buffer. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. six no, month for streaming definitely. services. Six months at least. Yes, unless it's something that is so over the top that everyone's watching at the same time, like Game of Thrones. Six months. Yeah, at least. I'm not at even least. gonna. I'm not gonna remember <laughs> the finale in six months. When you're ready to talk about it, I'm gonna have forgotten all of the characters. Have to watch it. Every major plot point. I talked about the Dark Knight the other day with a friend who had never seen it, and he was like, "Spoiler alert!" I was like, "It came out in 2008." Right. The Dark Knight. <laughs> like, if you haven't seen it by now, you're not gonna see it. Is that the Heath Ledger one? Yeah. <laughs> Heath Ledger's oh not even with us anymore. <laughs> had a long time to see it, but he still wanted a spoiler alert. Yikes. <laughs> We're getting outrageous these days. Bruce Willis was a ghost. There I said it. Success. Ruined. (laughs) Thank you, Stu Kovacs. Thank you, Connor Green, Marlo Donahue. Got to say spoiler alert. Allison Cohen, thank you so much. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Finish out a great week. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.